the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Well, if there's some Stevie Ray Vaughan behind the opening of the show, must be the Texas guy filling in. And it is. Hey, Mark Davis, welcome via video. we got a little different camera set up here, so I'm uh, sort of looking more directly at you, at least in a three-quarters way, rather than the left side of my head, which usually festoons the screens at DennisPrager.com or TownHallTV.com whenever you check in when I'm filling in for Dennis. And it's always a joy to fill in for Dennis. This edition is the Thursday July 23rd edition of the Dennis Prager Show. I'm Mark Davis from 660 AM, The Answer, the happy morning host here in Dallas-Fort Worth, and that means I've just freshly completed my morning show. And um, anytime I, I do the Prager Show, I am enormously prepped and informed and energized by just having gone a few rounds uh, with the listenership here and in, in weighing and assessing various things they're thinking about. And if I may, as we dive into a program, let me give you a little thumbnail on stuff we're going to talk about. We are going to talk about Portland. The way you know that Portland is resonating is the leftist media culture doesn't want to talk about Portland. That's how you know how important it is. The way you know that the rioting and the lawlessness are the kind of thing that the president, the most important thing for the president to do is to fix it, is to to help protect these people because the local leaders will not. Now, if as a uh, a bonus to that, if it helps him win in November, then awesome on top of awesome. But we'll talk a little bit about that today. At 1-8-Prager-776, 1-8-Prager-776, the COVID briefings are back. Not too far into the 5 o'clock hour Eastern time, 4 Central, 3 Mountain, 2 Pacific, there's the president. And it's funny, <laughs> they're, they're it, shocker, they're giving him grief for being out there at, at the lectern alone. Mr. President, uh, where's the task force? You may recall when he gathered the entire task force behind him, there was Dr. Fauci, whom they always honed in on to see if they could catch him in something that resembled a grimace. There was Dr. Burks and her scarf of the day. Love her. Love the scarves. There are three or four, five, six other people sometimes, like, like a small church choir behind him, it would appear. And I remember at one point, the reporter culture seemed to ask, what are all those people doing standing behind you? I mean, don't they have work to do? Aren't they? You're just using them as, as political props, the illusion of communal support. Shouldn't those people be doing something rather than just standing there behind you? Well, now there's nobody standing behind them, and the reporters say, where are all your folks? <laughs> this is just exhibit A, B, C, D, E, all the way through Z of the hostile media culture that he's up against every day. And so knowing that they are there in the opposition party, as Steve Bannon so properly identified them, we're also going to talk a little bit about schools, opening schools, whether and how to open schools. We're going to talk about law and order. 
We're going to talk about little things, specific things, specific stories, and also some really, really broad conceptual things like love of country and the loss of the concept of love of country. There's a little news story you might have um, run across this uh, this week, a bit of a Twitter war between Dallas Mavericks owner Mark Cuban and Texas Senator Ted Cruz over anthem, anthem kneeling and many, many more things. Yeah, if you dig into those stories and see the ones that ran on, on Fox News and ESPN, et cetera, et cetera, you will see in the opening paragraphs, I started that. <laughs> and I, I live to bring people together. But, boy, I didn't envision that. I'll pull back the curtain, tell you a little bit of how that story got going for the purpose of showing you why this is important in my life, why it should be important in your life. No retreat, no surrender on love of country. And because when that is lost, this is some of what you get. A country filled with citizens that disagree but keep tight the basic love of country, you don't have fires of rioting in the streets. The country that has citizens that disagree with each other on various things, but we keep close to our breast the notion of love of country, we don't have attacks on the police. The country filled with citizens that might disagree with each other on one or two or a million things. If they have the basic foundation of love of country, you don't have the attempt that's currently underway to erase large parts of our history and erase large parts of our culture. So the dwindling of love of country, and and by the way, which has never meant a sycophancy, a fulsome praise, a unconditional uh, uh, cheerleading. We're a country that has some problems. We always have. But we're the greatest country God ever created. And you, you don't have to believe that God had a direct hand in creating this country. I do. And along those lines, as we embark on talking about all these things, at 1-8-Prager-776, and follow me on Twitter, at Mark Davis. That's another entire show that takes place over there. I check into it during the commercial breaks and see how everybody's doing. 1-8-Prager-776. But at the beginning of the show that I do here in DFW, the one thing that, that I've always loved about Dennis is that he talks about God a lot. I talk about God a lot because I feel he has a direct hand in my life, in your life, in daily events, and in our broadly written history. So when I came back from a spring break vacation, like many of you, I might have been off the second week of March, <laughs> became pretty clear by midweek, as speaking of the NBA, as they shut down, as a bunch, I came back, I, I bought back a couple of vacation days because Thursday of that week I was back on the air because I could not stay away while the country was being shut down in the grips of coronavirus. So the first thing I did on that Thursday that I came back from spring break vacation as we all went on this enormous COVID misadventure, I said, you know something? I'm going to pray. And I did. And I've done it every day since. I mean, on the air, before the show. And this is how it goes. And um hope it'll resonate with you. Lord, we ask you today for wisdom and for goodwill. 
We ask for the wisdom to navigate our problems from COVID-19 to social strife and things between and beyond. We ask you to fill us with the energy to be smart and safe as we reclaim our lives here in this virus era. And we ask for the wisdom to seek smart solutions to our various lists of social ills, even as troublemakers seek to divide us. And amid these divisions, Lord, let us treat each other with respect and patience as we work together to change what should be changed, but also to resist those who would opportunistically destroy big parts of our history and our culture. Remind us, Almighty God, that in these most challenging of times, that you are there to unite us to follow your guidance and to treat each other as we would like to be treated. Because, Lord, we know if we follow you, we can get through anything. And we ask these things in your holy name. Amen. That's it. What that take a minute-ish? I've done it at the beginning of every show here locally ever since uh, I returned, you know, yanked back from the, listen, if a talk show host comes back from vacation, you know, bad things are happening. Uh, and boy, have they, and they have not stopped. I don't know when we get out of this bad science fiction movie. I don't know when I get on a plane again. I know I could get on a plane tomorrow, but I'm not going to because I will not wear a flipping mask for four hours, even to fly somewhere I want to go. I guess we probably better talk about masks. Obviously, it's a part of our daily lives, and I'll, I'll give you my short hashtag. Masks are good. Mask mandates are bad. Absolutely. Should you wear a mask around strangers in close company? Of course you should. Of course you should. Should government make you? No. Why not? If it's a good thing to do, why not the mandates? Why are the mask mandates bad? Because it's not America. Because it's not America to punish people for a long list of things that we do that are sort of health-related. Not that these are the same. We don't have diet police. We don't have exercise police. We don't have smoking police. There are all kinds of things that, that are unhealthy that we let you do. There are all kinds of things that are healthy that we do not make you do. Masks are a good idea. Mask police, mask mandates are a terrible idea. I'll run that up the flagpole and see who salutes. Uh, your salute or, uh, or, or, or whatever can be uh, taken right now at 18 Prager 776. Mark Davis in for Dennis. President Trump has a huge announcement for his top supporters. You will be celebrating the 2020 Republican National Convention this summer, and he wants you to enter for your chance to join him at the convention. If you win, the team will cover the flight, hotel, and give you VIP passes for yourself and a guest. All you have to do is text Prager to 88022 for your chance to meet President Trump at the convention. Again, that's P-R-A-G-E-R to 88022 to enter to win this once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to be his special guest. Paid for by Donald J. Trump for President Incorporated. That they did. On the Dennis Prager Show, this is the Thursday, July 23rd edition. Mark Davis filling in from 660 AM, The Answer, Dallas-Fort Worth. I got 37 things I could uh, go off on some tangent about, but let's, uh, let's welcome some calls in and let me wrap my thoughts around those of other people and see where it all goes. Uh, DennisPrager.com to watch the show in progress there uh, via the magical camera. Uh, at uh, Dennis Prager for Twitter. At Mark Davis for me in the Twitter world. And much appreciate all of y'all. All righty, let us hop into the phone world. 
world. Let's go to Cleveland and say hi to Carolyn. Hey, Carolyn, Mark Davison for Dennis. How are you? Good. How are you? Can you hear me? I surely can. Thank you. You're welcome. Um, I called in. This is the first time I've ever called in. And my, I have a sister that lives out there in that area. Mm-hmm. And um, we've been uh, discussing <laughs> and debating uh, different issues regarding the situation out there and the protests that have been happening uh, almost for, what is it, 60 days? Almost mm-hmm. 60 nights. And uh, she seems to picture uh, President Trump as uh, uh, Hitler really? and KKK oh, and my. says that her friends also see her, uh, particularly Jewish friends, also see similarities in his techniques wow. uh, that, that resemble uh, those uh, that Hitler and the Nazis used. I mm. countered, countered that with, uh, because she's seeing uniformed, well, she says uh, not uniformed, people grabbing. I understand protesters and yes. dragging them off into unmarked vehicles mm-hmm. and then where do they go and da 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 but mm-hmm. I know that the protester that they did lead off who was part of the black block of Antifa uh, into an unmarked SUV was for his safety, their safety and the safety well, let, let's, the right, let, let's 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 set up a direction here. First of all, I'm an enormous supporter of the federal law enforcement folks going to support going to protect federal property in Portland because it's being looted, it's being rioted against, et cetera, et cetera. I do believe in law enforcement having some accountability and knowing who they are, and so there's the ability to say, okay, who just got my Uncle Fred? And, you know, where might they right. be taking my, you know, my, my Aunt Betty, et cetera? So that's, and I, I wonder, and I think this is probably a good bit mm-hmm. of journalism here, to what extent there really is all that anonymity in the unmarked this and the unmarked that. That's, that's, that's worthy of, of attention. In the personal story that you bring about, this is your sister, right? Yes. And, mm-hmm. and, and is your, has your relationship with her been a largely good one over your shared lifetime? Uh, no, actually, we were we've been separated for many, many, many years, and oh. we're beginning to get to know each other again. <laughs> wow! <laughs> well, there's timing. So it's really quite interesting. No, well, yeah, well this is I, lovely, I, I and there it. and there should be, and this is not. So this is not just some Twitter troll whom you can block. This is a member of family that you'd like to be able to do some outreach, and and maybe I can help you here. Uh, would I would I surmise correctly that you are generally supportive of the president, generally like his presidency, and hope he wins. Um, I like many things that he does. Um, like every other president, I think he has made some mistakes. Some okay. of them could be, you know, maybe serious, some not. But on but balance, no, on balance, do you, on balance, do you hope he wins? All right. Then the first yeah. thing to do, and this is something I would urge for every friend, every family member who is a Trump hater, and your sister is a hater. This is not a disagreement. Yeah, this is a slander. Say, when you talk about him, you're talking about me. Because what kind of horrible person would support uh, a Nazi for president? What kind of execrable soul would support someone for president who's an actual racist? So try to keep a civil tongue in your head, sis, and let's talk about what he has done that you might disagree with, which, by the way, is maybe thoroughly explicable. To the extent that you know your your sister, is she just a fairly liberal woman? Uh, my sister used to be, she was a teacher at one point in New York, and then she became a New York City police woman. Wow. And then she left the force, and, um, and she's, 
also stated in her uh, conversation to me that the NYPD uh, are aware that uh, the president has tried to put pressure on them and that the NYPD, that the um, Portland PD don't necessarily want uh, the federal intervention. Well, I, it's, I see it's, something different. Yeah. Uh, if, if she, well, she was a, t- listen, they're, they're teachers of all political stripes. They're cops of all political stripes. But I mm-hmm. presume that she would actually find things to admire in the president's general support of law enforcement. So all I would suggest is, is in having conversation with her and always be upbeat and open and loving and accepting and all that good stuff that we're all supposed to be. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about things the president has actually done not even using the word nazi not stormtroopers not racist actual Mm -hmm. policies that she either doesn't like or likes if there's a policy she doesn't like then that's a policy disagreement if she doesn't like the wall if she doesn't like lower taxes if she doesn't like constitutionalists on the supreme court if she doesn't like regulatory reform Great, then we have issue disagreements, but hopefully you can right. lovingly escort her to a world where she is not, is not a bitter, hateful human being, because that's, that's hard on her. It's, 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 it's sad and it's heavy lifting to walk around feeling that way about people. So I, I wish you enormous luck and feel free to you know, call me back when I fill in or call Dennis back and fill him in on how the story went. I know he'll be glad to hear it as well. And I, I, I pray for you guys and good family harmony. And listen, you have family disagreements all day. That's fine. It makes Thanksgiving fun. But everybody needs to keep yeah. a civil tongue in their head and, and, and keep some basic connectivity here. And I, 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 we I wish you well. Everything. We always end every, every conversation. I say, I, I love you. <laughs> and she says, and she says, "Be safe." No, okay, because I guess I guess it's kind of hard to say. Oh, by the way, the, the president you support is Hitler. Love you too. Well, let's maybe yeah. a, a journey of a hundred miles begins with a few small steps. Take those steps. Be the one to build the bridge. I'm proud of you. I I do love you, and I love her too, and I appreciate it very, very much. Um, let me share a little story about a friendship. I have a lot of friends. I have many, many friends that I don't disagree with, that I don't agree with about everything. And through professional associations, there are some friendships I've made from absolute stone cold, hardcore liberal Democrats. Okay. And we have gotten together on radio, on television, in print, and done some things. And despite our disagreements about virtually everything, we remain cordial. We, we, there, there's actual love. There's regard for our, our families and all that good stuff. And, and we don't have enough of that these days. There's one friend, or so I thought, and he would just hammer me to death on Twitter. And it's like, dude, I see you every once in a while. You don't need to do this. And then I, I sent him a direct message, and I said, I just want you to know, you know, I live to disagree. I do talk shows for a living. But coming from you, if you think Trump is the devil, you're talking about me, the logic I just gave this this nice lady. He just didn't care. He said, it's been hard to watch what's happened to you. What happened to me? Nothing happened to me. And the friendship was destroyed by his Trump hatred. So you'd like to think you can reach out to people? You should always try. It may not always work because Trump hatred eats the brain. It eats the heart. So I wish you well in any attempt you make to build a bridge. Mark Davison for Dennis Prager. Stick around. The Dennis Prager Show. Yeah, if you're going to dive in, dive in, man. I mean, uh, gone are the days where you just, you know, drive around and listen to the show. I got to watch this whole spectacle. What else are we going to make you do? <laughs> 
Hey, whatever you choose to do, we appreciate it. Mark Davis in for Dennis Prager today, 1-8-Prager-776. Let us dive back to some more of your calls. We are in Los Angeles. Steve, hey, Mark Davis in for Dennis. Happy Thursday to you. Hello, Mark, and uh, thanks for filling in. You do a great job, and I love when you do uh, Thank you. Uh, have to replace uh, You're Dennis. very kind. You're, you're a joy to listen to. Thank you. Um, I have to tell you, my my son came home from work last night. He works for a major warehouse uh, company as uh-huh. an employee, um, retail warehouse company, whose colors are red, white, and blue, and whose name might be Costco. <laughs> it sure. might rhyme with Costco. Uh, <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> um, he um, wore, uh, as is required, he wore a mask to work with uh, an icon of the American flag on it and was mm-hmm. told he had to take it off because Uh-oh. it was Uh-oh. too political. Okay. Uh, here. Okay, let's begin and the flow I, chart. Here, here's, here's the flow chart. Uh, okay. If okay, because it was too political, could, do you feel like they also say no to Black Lives Matter masks? You know, Republican elephants, Democrat donkeys, uh, you know, et cetera, et cetera. You know, uh, Antifa. Yeah, I, 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 I believe so because they don't allow any type of uh, any type of branded. Uh, logos, okay, gotcha. Uh, being displayed on clothing or understand. Like that. So the reason I ask is if they have a general philosophy that says don't we, no logos of any kind, no imagery, plain masks only. Okay, then at least it looks like they're not necessarily picking on the American flag. However, however, how sad is it? I mean, if they say no political statements, no pro-life, no pro-choice, no, you know, immigration messages. How sad is it that the American flag is now viewed as a political statement? It's It starts a political argument when you wear the symbol of our country. How very well, sad a, is that? That's, a, that's another argument against athletes kneeling for the national anthem. You Tell politicized me. our country. That's it. And, That's uh, it. Would would the American flag be a political issue if people weren't kneeling for the national anthem? Well, it it would it would some. I mean, your your question is great, and there there we we live in a time where pra- where it's like patriotism is only conservative. Is that where we are? And, and Steve, thank you for the story. I mean, and and increasingly the answer is yes. If you if you're in a parking lot and you see a car. And there's no, there's no Biden sticker on it. There's no Trump sticker on it. Okay. But just a, uh, how about an American flag, a support the troops. Let's put that on there. And maybe, uh, God bless our police. Right. Three totally unpolitical things to say. I guarantee you that's a conservative. How very, very sad is that when did this happen? I mean, there's no date. There's no flipping of the calendar page. We can go, well, that's when uh, this became you. I'll throw something else in. Constitutionalist Supreme Court justices. I don't want Roe versus Wade overturned because I'm pro-life. I don't want the Constitution to do my political bidding. I, 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 want, the, the, I want the Supreme Court to obey the Constitution. There is no right to abortion in the Constitution, period, paragraph. That's not pro-life me. That's Constitution reading me. And you won't find it either. But how deeply sad, and this is what I was talking about in one of our broad concepts we'll talk about today, love of country. 
When that's lost, all kinds of other focus is lost. And today's Democrat Party, Democrat Party used to be comfortable invoking God. JFK did. The Democrat Party used to be okay. This is a more recent development. Used to be okay backing law enforcement, supporting the men and women of law enforcement. When they kiss that goodbye, I believe they kiss November 3rd goodbye. Joe Biden doesn't hate the police. Joe Biden's not a card-carrying member of Antifa. But guess what? It doesn't matter because he will not distance from those who are. He will not create space between the kind of old-school center-left Democrat that he's been forever and the AOC squad extremist radicals who are going to run the party and thus run the country if he is elected president of the United States. All right, think I got to duck out. Mark Davis, in for Dennis Prager. Stick around. It's kind of a Pavlovian response. Hear the bell, salivate, go to the clip. <laughs> Mark Davis, in for Dennis. Look, the coronavirus, this entire uh, pandemic adventure has made financial markets really unpredictable, and it has not been a smooth ride for mortgage rates. I want to send you to some people that can help in these crazy times. Andrew and Todd. Two Ds, Todd. You'll know that because that's part of the website. They are here to help you manage market volatility and help you get into a better financial situation. A lot of major banks and lenders are pushing back on purchase loans. They're suspending a lot of refi applications, but not Andrew and Todd over at Sierra Pacific Mortgage. They are clocked in and working it remotely, ready to advise you on what's best for your situation. So the decline in rates, as the markets will do, uh, has created a boom in refinancing. So if you're thinking about a refi, a new purchase, a cash-out refi, reverse mortgage, they know about all of these things. Rates are volatile. No guarantee they're going to drop any further. So let's get you over to Andrew and Todd, two Ds, T-O-D-D, andrewandtodd.com today. Let Andrew and Todd help you navigate these challenging waters. Call Andrew and Todd at 888 That's 888 Or go to andrewandtodd.com. Dot com. Okay, couple of calls on the mystery police, the uh, anonymous cops, the uh, the unidentifiable folks who are dragging people away in the night in the uh, streets of Portland. I'm an enormous supporter of the federal law enforcement intervention to not and not just to protect federal property. I also believe that they they have a, a protective duty when local authorities are not getting the job done. I do need accountability, however. I, I, I can't have complete blank mystery uniforms, and I don't know to what extent that's really happened. I think that might be a little overblown, but let's see what folks are saying about it. And we are in Indiana. Jeffrey, hey, Mark Davison for Dennis. How are you? How you doing, Mark? Good. Uh, all right, so here's the deal. Yesterday I saw a small press conference. I honestly don't know who the gentleman is. He may have been a chief. I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. He's holding one of the vests the supposed mystery police are holding and behind him he has a uh, like a whiteboard explaining why their names are not on there so this is what happened apparently their names are first on there and of course our wonderful computer driven society found out who they are started putting out their addresses their real names their kids names and all that so if you look close what they did they took the actual names off and it's hard to see but if you look closely there's a code across where their name would be the code references to who they are and probably like a division and stuff like that so hmm. the, hmm. their higher ups know who they are 
But me and you couldn't stand there and go, oh, that's Officer Vasquez, that's Officer Smith. Okay, in terms of personal names, in terms of personal names, I get it. And in fact, I came face-to-face with this when I had the great honor, and I do mean great honor, in 2007 to visit uh, the facility at Guantanamo. Uh, where a lot you got a lot of of, of of armed forces walking the halls and you know bringing food to a lot of terrorists, bringing uh, white glove Qurans to a lot of people who would kill me where I stand if we let them out. God bless these people, and they had their nameplate velcroed over. And I said, "What's that about?" He said, "That's because if if they know my name, my family could be dead by nightfall." So individual names, I totally get it, but jurisdiction and what agency are you with? that that's a public right to know thing, wouldn't you say? Yeah. See, the thing is whether or not that's inside this code, I don't know. Yeah. The fact that I would have state of Indiana police and then everything else covered up. I agree with you there, but this super mystery cops, no one knows really yeah. who they are. Yeah. We know who they are. And, and you, you and I just don't know the code. Yeah. Said, well, so okay. I kind I I need to be. I need. I need to know the code. Okay. The, the public accountability means the public has the right to know, not the name of the individual officer. Because you're right. The, the the retribution could be swift and merciless. But the agency, so that somebody, a reporter, a talk show guy, a bricklayer, a burger flipper, can see something and go, "Hey, if if that was this particular agency, local, federal, regional, whatever, uh, one of your guys just did this. Here's the video of it." Who's that, or or what are you going to do about it? That that's that's accountability. But you're totally right on individual names because the kind of people who will torch a building, uh, th- th- these people have proven whether it's Tucker Carlson's house or any one of a number of other figures they don't like, they have proven that uh, that they will do unspeakable things to people. We are in Massachusetts. Steve, hey, Mark Davis in for Dennis. How are you? Very good. Thank you, Mark. You know, on another interview yesterday, I forget the guy's name from Homeland Security. All of the federal law enforcement officials who were involved with the Portland situation, they all wear a patch of what department they're from, be it ATF, U.S. Marshals, whatever. So that is identified, and as the last caller said, no names on the uh, uniforms or the vests or the uh, or the jackets, but a patch of the department is identified, so it is easily identifiable for a reporter or somebody else. That that sounds and like accountability, we... and that sounds great, Steve. Thank you. In Fullerton, California, Steve Mark Davis. Hi, welcome in for Dennis. How are you? Uh, hi, uh, <laughs> Mark. I am inspired by your opening uh, today. Uh, and you spoke about prayer. Yes. And you prayed yourself. And I want to, I have three uh, small, uh, short points about a national action project that we need mm-hmm. to okay. do. Okay, I got about, got about 45 seconds, so use the time wisely. Okay. Go. One okay. is to network all the talk show hosts, do the same as you have done, and mm-hmm. ask the people to pray for the country. You bet. Number two, ask the president to ask the people to pray for the country yeah. in the current crisis. I believe he is. And has. ask mm-hmm. him to reissue President Lincoln's 1863 proclamation. Uh, and I'd like to have your email address. Please tell the uh, uh, 
someone there. Sure, to, I, I'll, I'll, do, I'll do it right now. Anybody, anybody that wants me, yeah, I'll, I'll give it. I'll give it to you right now. Anybody that wants me, Mark Davis Show at Gmail dot com. Mark Davis Show at Gmail dot com. And thank you. I appreciate it very much. Um, we don't have a theocracy, though. We, government should not compel us to pray, but to have government, to have leaders who choose to share what prayer means to them and offer us the invitation to. That's a big part of what's made this country great. Mark Davis over Dennis Prager. Stick around. The Dennis Prager Show. It is the Dennis Prager Show, Thursday edition. Mark Davis in for Dennis. So to close out this hour, let me pull the curtain back on what I open this hour with. And that is the notion of how I kind of uh, inadvertently lit the fire under the Mark Cuban, Ted Cruz Twitter war. Uh, being me, I, I will often wrap up the weekend on Sunday night with a few well-aimed tweets about things that I might be talking about on my own show that I host here in Dallas-Fort Worth each week. And on Sunday, uh, as wherever you may be, there there may be some enthusiasm as all the NBA teams start to get to play down there in the, in the Disney bubble. Baseball is starting. Got some things to say about that, too. Um, but with regard to the NBA here, we're we are thrilled uh, to have the Dallas Mavericks, which are a pretty darn exciting team with Luka Doncic and you know Rick Carlisle at coach and a fascinating owner like Mark Cuban and I love Cuban I, I, I you know politically we don't agree on everything but I don't think he's a hardcore lib uh whatever I mean, Cubes is a great he got us an NBA crown in 2011 and you do that I'm going to give you a lot of latitude so here's the thing my tweet on Sunday night was can't wait for the NBA to get going again so much promise so much personality but I will tell you this if one Mavericks player kneels for the national anthem, I am out. Ta-da! It's not like something I haven't said 500 times. I've said it about the Cowboys, said it about the Texas Rangers, and they better not do it when they start tomorrow. I don't think it's going to happen in hockey. So uh, this is not unfamiliar territory. Mark Cuban sees my tweet and replies to it. One word. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Ted Cruz sees that and says, really? This is the owner of the Mavericks essentially, you know, flipping the bird to to any fans who feel that the anthem should be respected. Let's see what kind of a good look that is, especially here in the state of Texas. So at this point, I just kind of stepped back and let these guys go at each other, which they did on issues from patriotism to China to Lord knows what else. But for me, the, the focus was about the anthem. And here's why. This is not a small thing. It's not just a song. Get over it. No. This minute and 20 seconds or so that it takes on average to do the anthem is a time when we gather at 20,000 people at an NBA game or 70,000 in a football game. And I know ain't nobody gathering for anything these days. But when we do, it is a time when we look, we look at these people that we're gathered together with and we say, look, here we are of all kinds of different races. Here we are of all kinds of different political persuasions. And here's where we put all those differences aside, all of them, even passionate things that we care about. And we don't use it as a personal look-at-me soapbox moment for a pet political issue, even if it's something I've fought for my whole life. If somebody said, hey, Mark, let's kneel during the anthem for the pro-life cause. No, don't jack with the anthem. Period, paragraph, end of story. And there are two kinds of people, folks who get that and folks who don't. Is baseball going to destroy its reputation, too, in these next couple of days? I pray not. Mark Davis and for Dennis, stick around. A lot more to come. The Dennis Prager Show, live from the Relief Factor pain-free studio.